Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and I am so excited to be here with my special guest today, Miss Jenna Bagley. Jenna, welcome to the show. I'm just going to give like a little, a little taste. You're, you're the advocate manager for Aweber, which yes. is you know one of the biggest email service providers that's out there or, or, or marketing platforms. And I wonder, can you introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about you? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And yes, I work for Aweber. And not only are we one of the leading email providers out there, but we were also the very first autoresponder. We've been around since 1998 and we've been blazing the trail in email marketing ever since. And so I'm thrilled to work for this amazing company as the advocate manager. And What I do there is kind of twofold. I do a lot of education and training on email marketing. So I'll go out and teach other people's audiences, help them teach their audience, their membership, their community about email, how to get started, best practices, you know, all all the things about email. And then I also um, work in our partnerships team where I try to find partners who want to spread the word about email and Aweber. So I have a really fun, exciting job. It's taken kind of a a long road to get here um, to Aweber. I've worked in a lot of different industries, including owning my own business. I've worked in bridal, real estate, direct sales. Uh, You know, sales and marketing has really been uh, my arena for for most of my career. And so I'm so excited to be a part of Aweber to kind of bring that all together and help people build relationships through email marketing. And I, I love that you brought that up, like all the different places where you've kind of done similar things, like where this is sort of the culmination of all of your experience. And I feel like that's that, that's sort of the mark of like that you're where you belong is Definitely. that you can, that you've, you've managed to, you've managed to like dabble in all of these different specialties in these different ways. And now we're bringing it all together into this, you know, it's the beautiful soup uh, yeah. where we're able, we're able to shine in the way that we were meant to shine. So I, I love yeah. that you, that you brought that up because I think that a lot of people feel like the path has to be so like linear and perfectly laid out. I did this and then I did this, this natural progression to this. And now I'm here. And it's so not the world we live in anymore. And it doesn't seem to be, at least in my experience, hasn't been the path to like the happiest life to just keep taking the obvious step. I agree. Yeah. And and if you had said to me 15 years ago, you're going to work in email marketing, I would be like, no, I'm not. Or even like (laughs) 10 years ago, you said you're going to be, you know, selling brand new homes and, and doing real estate. I'd be like, yeah, that's not happening. But, you know, every kind of step of my career, it, it, while it's been vastly different and I've experienced a ton of different things, there was always a common thread and it was all about, like I said, relationship building. And and I've been involved in a ton of emotional kind of sales, right? Like weddings and homes Mm. and huge purchases, right? And 
a lot of that, like you can't be successful if you haven't one built a relationship and two built trust along the way. And what I found was that email marketing was exactly the same thing. You're just doing it through someone's inbox and not necessarily face-to-face. And um, so I am really passionate about email marketing. Never would I think that I would ever say that, but here I am. um, And it's a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. And I, I guess I'm going to kick this off kind of with a question, which which is really just meant to kind of kind of kind of throw this off. But um, so you, you're obviously you work for an email marketing company, mm-hmm. but this term or this this phrase that we hear, email marketing is dead. What is your response to that in today's world with social media and everything? When someone says to you, email marketing is dead, what is your response to that? Yeah, you know, it this is a question I hear all the time and um you know, it's one that I love to debunk because here's the thing, like even for you, right? How many times today, just today, have you checked your inbox? Right? Like I know me personally, I've checked my inbox like probably 5 times already. And it's the first thing I do when I wake up. It's most likely the last thing I do before I, you know, put my phone down for the night. And I know that all of the stuff that I'm interested in is going to be in my inbox because I've opted into it, right? That's information Mm -hmm. that I've raised my hand and I said, yes, I want to learn more about that. And, you know, email is very much alive and, and not only is it alive, but I feel like it's getting the spotlight shown on it a little bit more these days because, you know, it's something that we can control and you can send an email and it's going to get to your subscribers and they're either going to open it or they don't. But there's there's you know not that algorithm that you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about your your social platforms getting hacked or deactivated or just going away. Mm-hmm. Like I love social media. I'm a huge huge fan of social media. And you know e- you know it's not infallible, right? Like I was trying to get into a platform last week and I couldn't get in for 35 minutes. And, you know, I don't know if you're on Clubhouse, but I had a Clubhouse room, promoted it. It was, you know, I had people waiting to come to this room to learn about a specific topic and I couldn't get in for 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I couldn't start my presentation on time. And, you know, and, and if it never came back up or I lost all of my followers, I would have had no way to communicate with them if I didn't have an email list. And so I think... While email's never been dead, I think it's more alive now than ever because of all of the variables that we can't control in our business, right? Like we don't own those platforms and email allows you to communicate inside your own universe, right? You want to take people to the things that you own, to the things that you can control. So yeah, email is is just as effective and it just continues to get better every and every day. It is truly your world. Like mm-hmm. you, it's what you own. It is, you can send as many of them out you don't have to, like you said, it's not the algorithm. I know people complain about deliverability and things like that. You know, like, oh, my emails are going to open spam. And, and, and while that can happen, it's such a small fraction compared to, but, but they'll go and they'll post on Instagram and right. literally 2% of your following is seeing your posts unless you're doing a whole lot of work around it. So it is funny what we choose to get 
you know, in a tizzy about. <laughs> and and I'm like, you know, your email deliverability, you got to like, you, you have 5,000 subscribers and it got to 4,950. 4, that is so much better than it is as far as like your 5,000 uh, followers on Instagram, how many of them are actually seeing the post that you put up every day. So it, it, it it's, you know, careful what you, what you put your focus on. Well, you brought up a good stat too, like 2% of your followers may see your social posts, but the average, uh, the industry average for email open rates are 22%. So Mm -hmm. if I were going to spend my time and I knew that 22 people out of a hundred, were going to see it compared to two people out of a hundred, then, you know, I'm going to spend more time with my email campaigns. And and that's an objection I hear a lot from people who aren't doing email. And it's like, well, I don't have the time to do it. And it's it's like well, with anything, like you have the time, it's just you haven't prioritized the time. And, and I talk to a lot of people who are like 80% of my revenue of my business comes from email. And so if you were to sit down and, and map out, like, where am I going to spend my time? Where's the biggest impact to my bottom line? you know, chances are it's going to be email because the return on investment is crazy good. Um, And so that's always something that I come back and say, like, do you want to scale your business? Do you want to take it from where you are to where you want to be? Then email is a really great, effective way to do that. Yeah. And I notice a direct correlation between how much I'm emailing and how targeted my email list is and how I've built it up and and been maintaining the relationship with my people um, and the amount of people that show up to my workshops, the amount of people that buy in. And it's directly related to the level of my email marketing at that time. And social media is pretty flat with, with the the, the way that it produces. And and I'd like you to talk a little bit about, because it isn't an either or though. It isn't like, well, throw out your social media and just do email because that's not the answer either. And, no. and I think that that's one of the things that can trip people up. They're like, well, where am I supposed to put my focus? So there's, there's definitely prioritizing, but how can they make their social media work in conjunction with their email, because that's what really makes it powerful is when you have these these pieces that come together without overwhelming yourself. Definitely. Yeah. And social media is absolutely a powerful tool and it's great to raise awareness and to engage with your community, but you ultimately want to move them off your social media and into you know, the subscribe and opt-in stage of your funnel, right? We don't want to keep people in this container. We want to take them off of social media. And that's where you really can nurture the relationship and take them from someone who knows about you and, and maybe what you do to someone that they feel like they really know you and like you. And then, uh, you know, with enough of value through your email and, and nurturing them, you can turn them into a customer and, and here's the trick though. A lot of people stop there. They, they say, all right, they bought for me and I'm done. That's the end of the funnel. That's the bottom of the funnel. And really you want to make sure that you're continuing that relationship. So they buy from you again and better mm-hmm. yet, they start telling their friends about you. Right. And so they're turning into huge advocates and super fans. Right. And so, you know, for me, I see social media really as the top of the funnel where you're, you know, you're, telling an audience that you exist, but you're taking that relationship to the next level through your email. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you think is the most, so, so somebody who is 
and, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs are in this space where we kind of put our, until we have a fully functioning system that works for us in, in a way that is, is efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us are like, when we hit the gas in one place, we're kind of pulling back in some other place. What do you think are the most important things for someone to have in place in order to have email working for them? And, you know, whether that be with social media or just in general, if they're like, I really want to step up my email game and I want to start building relationships or deepening relationships there. What do you think are the most important things for them to have in place or to be putting their energy into? Yeah, well, I mean, if you have a website, right, and most of us do, if you have a website, you have to have a way to capture email addresses because, you know, we're driving traffic to our website and we're working on all of these pieces, right, to get eyeballs on our our stuff, right, whether that's social media or website or blog. But if you don't have a way to capture email addresses, that visitor who visits your site, they like what you have, you know, they feel attracted to you or your vibe in some way. But if there's not a way for them to opt in, they're potentially gone forever, right? And the likelihood of them coming back is is very slim, to be honest with you, unless you have a way to follow up with them again and again. And this is something that I see all the time where not only do people not have a sign-up form on their website, but they, they, if they do, right, they make it hard for people. And I, I talk to business owners and brands all the time and they'll say, you know, people are just not signing up to my list and I'll go and I'll look and they've made it really hard for their visitors. They're making them jump through hoops. And so you want to make sure you have a very easy to find way to sign up to your list, have a compelling reason and the benefits of joining your email list. And again, like I'm looking at people's websites all day, every day. And I see a lot of people that'll say like, join my list, join the email club, sign up for updates. And, you know, it's great that you have a sign up form, but here's the thing. Nobody wants to join your list, right? And so that's the call to action. A lot of people, especially newbies are telling, join my list and that's it. But guess what? Nobody wants to join your list. Nobody wants more email, (laughs) right? No one says like, yes, sign me up for more emails. And so that's just not compelling enough. It's not good enough in this day and age. That may have worked years ago, but now there's just so much noise and people don't want more emails. But what people do want, right? They want you to solve their problems. They want you to make their life better in some way. They want transformation. They want to save money or save time, right? And so that's what you have to give people. That's the compelling reason, right? What in your business is something that your ideal audience wants, right? What are they going to see as valuable enough to like give up their prized email, right? We're very protective of our email address nowadays. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you have a compelling offer, freebie, downloadable. We call it a lead magnet. And this is where a lot of people miss the mark. And they say like, oh, I don't have time to do that or... I don't have time to create something or give away free stuff. And really, you can't afford not to because, again, no one's going to say, oh, join my list and, and be excited about that, right? They want you to help them, bottom line. And so you need to almost uh, give them kind of a, a sneak peek into what you can offer them. And your email and that lead magnet is a way for them to, you know, for lack of a better term, like take you out on a test drive or, or window shop so that you can prove yourself as an authority in that space. And they can say, yes, you, you can help me solve this problem. 
And that's something I see all the time that, that, you know, you could easily tweak to attract the right customers, right? It's not about building the biggest list. It's about talking to the right people. And um, so having a, a sign-up form or a landing page doesn't have to, you don't have to have a big, robust web presence, right? You could have a simple landing page to collect subscribers. And that's really step one. Mm-hmm. And what makes a great lead magnet? What are like, if, if somebody's like, yeah, I have these lead magnets, they haven't really been working. What would you say to somebody who's, who's experiencing that right now, or kind of wants to, to see it through and, and improve this? What would you have them look out for? Yeah. I mean, I would say you want to meet people where they are, but also like a step or two before they need you. And so a lead magnet, a really good one is one that's going to solve a small problem um, before the big problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, you want to make sure that you are attracting them before they need you for that big that big solve at the end. And so an example, this is, you know, again, Clubhouse. I, I do a lot of uh, email marketing classes in Clubhouse. And um, I was doing one for photographers and they were asking about lead magnets. And this particular um, woman, she's a, a maternity photographer. And she was asking about like, do I think her lead magnet's great? And, and I was like, well, is it working for you? And she was like, not really. <laughs> no. And <laughs> I was like, okay, let's talk about it. Like, And her lead magnet, even though she wanted to work with um, someone who would be booking a maternity shoot, right? Um, her lead magnet was really more suited for someone who had just had a baby with a mm. newborn, right? And so she wasn't meeting them where they, uh, where she needed them before her service, she was finding people that were past that. And so I was asking her questions like, okay, what's the best month to take maternity pictures? She said seven Mm. months, right? Okay. So now we know seven months is ideally when you want to hold the photo shoot. And I said, how far out do you book? And she's like three months. I'm like, okay. So if you want to uh, photograph someone seven months pregnant and you book out three months, then you need to meet people when they're three or four months pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to meet people when they had the baby. And her lead magnet was like a lactation cookie recipe. As Mm. someone who's had three kids, I was not thinking about lactation cookie recipes when I was three or four months pregnant, right? And so we kind of worked backwards and figured out when do they need to book with you and when do you need to start talking to them? And so that lead magnet needs to be relevant in that moment, right? So if I'm three (laughs) or four months pregnant, what are my challenges? What are my pain points? What's going to help me solve a smaller problem so that I, you know, when it's, I'm seven months pregnant, I'm in the meadow, right? In a flowy dress, like being photographed. And so you really want to take this exercise where you're thinking about your ideal customer. And and for her, her ideal customer wasn't someone who's pregnant, right? Her ideal customer was someone in their first or early second trimester who is looking to capture, you know, one of the most beautiful times of her life, right? In her body. And so, you know, I urged her to like really go back to the drawing board and think about what she could uh, have to attract someone that's going to be most likely to book her services. Mm-hmm. Now that's great advice. And I think that that like looking at it from the time frame is, is not something you hear often, right. but you, what you are saying, which is something that, that I think trips people up or they, they, they end up with kind of an incongruent 
funnel is where, you know, you have to begin with the end in mind, like the lead magnet must lead you to the offer. Or that's why you have people that kind of die on the vine, they get the lead magnet, and then you're making this, you're leading them down a path that is like, wait, how do we end up here? (laughs) I'm I got this lead magnet for lactation cookies and now you're selling me maternity. Like what, how does right. how do we get here? And I was like, you're going to attract the wrong person. They're going to yeah. think you're a lactation specialist and not a maternity <laughs> photographer. And so yeah. again, it's not about building the biggest list or having the most people. It's about having the right people who are most likely to buy your products or services. Mm-hmm. And and where do you take them after that? So the email marketing part. Now we've got the lead. Now what is it that 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 they need to be focusing on now? Is that um, so? So just just to recap a little bit on your website, it's not just having a you know join my email list. It's really having something of value that's that's enticing them and saying here's why you should click this link and give me your email address because I have this super awesome thing for you. And and getting out of that like scarcity mindset of thinking like I can't give away that this is too good to give away for free. Like honestly, if your free stuff is really, really good, the better my free stuff has been, the more money I've made. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. It, 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 not a lot of people think that way, but the more I gave and I give and give and give and like my workshops and the things that I do, um, the more I give, the, the more money I make. That's been a definite direct correlation to those two. You know, most people don't buy on a first interaction, right? Like Mm -hmm. unless you're walking into a retail store and you're like, I need a purple shirt. And like you go and you find a purple shirt, you're going to buy it. Right. But like entrepreneurs, like our, you know, if you're a coach and you're selling courses or, you know, whatever, you know, most people aren't going to buy on the first time that they interact with you. You know, if you know anything about marketing, right. It's like seven minimum interactions until someone even remembers who you are or remembers Mm -hmm. what you do. And so, you know, email is a great way to stay top of mind. But once you have the lead magnet and again, give and give and give and then ask, um, the first thing that you want to do, and this is something I see people miss all the time as well, is now that you have the email subscriber, they've gotten your lead magnet, right? You want to make sure that as soon as they opt in, they're getting an email from you. We call it a welcome email. You want to make sure they get the welcome email. It's the very first email they're going to get from you. Wait, back up. Technically, it's a second email because if you're doing email marketing the right way, you're sending a confirmation opt-in message. And if you don't know what that is, it's where you, and I'm sure everyone's seen this, you subscribe to a list, you get an automatic email that says, please confirm your email address or did you really want to join this list? And that is an email best practice because that's going to weed out the people who aren't interested, maybe signed up by accident, maybe bots were signing up for your list. That is going to help you long-term success. But the first email that they're going to get from you is the welcome email. And this is something I see missed all the time. I sign up for a lot of email lists, as you can imagine. And not only does the incentive never come, but no emails ever come. And then you know, mm-hmm. six months will go by and it'll be like, hey, buy this thing for me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, who are you? <laughs> I don't remember right. you. But um, the welcome email is such an impactful email. And we see here at Aweber welcome emails having four times higher open rates than than any other email that someone will send. And that's because people are excited. They're the Mm. most excited they're ever going to be. And like, if you're like me, like I opt into emails, I go to my, you know, 
pulled a refresh, right? I pulled a refresh my inbox like 15 times until I get the email because I am like chomping at the bit, like, where is my free thing? Mm -hmm. You know, I want to learn about you. And um, people, you know, just some people just don't send that welcome email. And it's unfortunate because that email really sets the tone and lets them know what to expect from you and how often you're going to email and a little bit of, you know, about yourself. And that email is going to take your subscriber from someone who may have just signed up for that free thing and then are going to unsubscribe to someone who now is like, ooh, I'm really excited for your next email and I can't wait to get that. And so that welcome email really is that bridge that we want to, you know, that's really your conversion, right? Is, mm-hmm. is, is getting them to open the next email. Right. And, and do you find that to be a best practice? Like, well, I kind of just want to highlight the fact that like that, yeah, that welcome email, it gets you past all the other kind of trickier things that you have to deal with when you're sending follow-up emails, which is like, what should my subject be? What should this be? It's like, they're kind of looking for it. So you're, you're almost guaranteed that they're going to open that email. So use that, use that, that opportunity that we don't get with the third and fourth email sometimes. I mean, they might be really excited if you wrote them a really great welcome email, but like, how do we keep them engaged? Um, Do you find a best practice to be to tease the second email in the first or to let them know when they should be expecting it and kind of putting that out there? Or do you find that that's just kind of an old tactic that's not necessary? Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you can make them part of the process and make make them feel like it's a two-way street, the better. So yeah, I I love the idea of like teasing what the next email is or saying like, hey, like in a couple of days, I'm going to pop in your inbox again with XYZ. And people mm-hmm. love cliffhangers, right? Like, you know, yeah. I, how many of us like watch the TV shows and it's like the big finale and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait until the next episode or the next, uh, you know, season. That's why streaming, right. is so popular where you can like binge watch a whole season in one sitting. It's because people love those cliffhangers and they want to know what's, what's going to happen next. Right. And so you could definitely take that same strategy in your welcome series and say, hey, in two days, I'm going to you know, be on the lookout for this email because it's going to be and list the benefits. Like, why should they care? And email should always be about your reader and not you as the sender. And, um, you know, because your, your reader, they're always going to ask themselves the same question in every email. And that is, cool, what's in it for me, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I see a lot of people talking all about themselves and how amazing they are and all their credentials. And no one really cares about that, you know, when it boils down to it. All they care about is how can you help me? How are you going to solve this problem? How are you going to make my life better? How are you going to save me time, save me money, entertain me, inspire me, whatever? It's all about them as the reader and not you as the sender. Yeah. And that is so important. And just to kind of bring it back. So now we've got the lead magnet. We've got, you know, we talked about having it on the website, but is your best practice then to have that lead magnet embedded in your bio or something on social media and be driving that as your call to action as get as a method for getting the people off of your social media and making sure that you're targeting you know, bring people over and being like, you know, sign up for this, get this free guide, get this free course, get this free whatever, so that you can be pulling your following into your own world that you control. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of brings us back to social media and how social media and email really should work together in harmony, right? And Mm -hmm. you can't have one without the other. I mean, you could, but it's going to be the most impactful when you pair the two. And we just did recently um, an original research project where we asked digital marketers about all the different channels that they use to promote their business. And um, not surprisingly, email was the the first channel. But guess what? Social media was right there below. It was 71.9% said that they use email marketing and then 71.7% use social media. Mm. And, Mm. um, you know, when you have them both together, it's going to just, you know, exponentially help you. And so I think that you should have a landing page with your, uh, you know, lead magnet or your freebie. And you should promote that everywhere. And that means social media. And so um, there's a lot of great ways that you can take your social media followers and turn them into email subscribers. But then you're going to turn around and take those email subscribers and drive them back to social media. And everything Mm -hmm. should always be connected, right? So here's an example. And you don't have to do all of these things. But say you're on social media And you're like, hey, I have this amazing free guide. Sign up here. They're subscribing to your email list. And then in your email, you're talking about maybe it's a personal story that drives them to your blog, right? And now that email is driving them to your blog. And in your blog, it's going to talk about, you know, this amazing thing. And maybe you have an offer. And then that's going to take you to your, you know, e-commerce checkout. And then it's going to say, thanks for buying, you know, now go here. So there should always be a next step to everything that you have. Everything should be connected. You don't want the journey to end. Even if they buy, there's still more steps, right? You want to take them to a repeat customer, to a fan. And so, you know, when I'm looking at people's social media, I see people making it very, very hard for their audience to go to that next step. And so you want to make sure you always have a clear, concise call to action. And that's telling people exactly what you want them to do. And so a lot of people will say, oh, I have this amazing lead magnet. It's the best thing I've ever created. It's awesome. And then I'll I'll always ask though first, do you think it's awesome? Or does your ideal customer think it's awesome? Because those sometimes aren't the same thing. And, you know, try to get people to think like, well, is it really awesome? And do I have my customer in mind? But sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. But you want to make sure that you have a a really great landing page that has one call to action, one path. What's the one thing that you want them to do? And, um, you know, it could be going to your blog. It could be signing up for your email. It could be going to your podcast but don't confuse people. And that's a mistake that people make on social media is they'll say, hey, cool, go to my link in my bio and then you'll open it up and there'll be like 18,000 options. Mm. And what happens is that your visitor, right, to your link in bio, they're going to go, oh my gosh, like what do I do? There's so many options. And like, I know when I go to like the diner with my family and there's like 18 pages (laughs) or like Cheesecake Factory is a perfect example, right? Cheesecake Factory, you go and gosh, I miss eating out. But um, you go and there's like 18 pages and everything looks amazing. And it's like, how do you pick? And you're struggling, right? And it's like so stressful. And that's what your audience is feeling when you send them somewhere and there's 18 choices. 
right? So, so my biggest piece of advice is if you're promoting this amazing guide, right? Make it easy. Give it, give it like the starring role. That should be the one thing that you want them to do in your link. I, I agree with that. A confused mind doesn't click and right. um, you know, you're not going to get them going where you want. So, so driving it pretty directly when you are really promoting something for sure, driving them to it. There's some management of the LinkedIn bio then that, you know, you got to keep changing it out to, to what you're doing. But I do think it's important too, that, that, not jumping every single day to something new that you're promoting or a new lead magnet or something else, having a really solid one and promoting something for like, this is my, this is what I'm really focusing on for these, this week, this, these two weeks, this is kind of what I'm promoting is a good practice to have just to keep everybody. Yeah. You can really start persuading people that way. Well, and, and language getting them over too. to your way of thinking. Yeah, definitely. And, and language too is really important. And so you know, I think the the LinkedIn bios with like, you know, the link trees of the world yeah. and everything, I think they definitely have their place, right? But um, I've seen a lot of people where they'll have their link tree and it, it'll be like website, blog, podcasts, uh, email lists, and those aren't call to actions. That's just mm -hmm. like listing stuff. You're not actually telling people what to do. And so, you know, I like to think of, you know... I'm a mom, right? Of three. And so all of my analogies have to do with being a mom and my kids. But, um, you know, like my kids don't just do things, you know, on their own, right? It's like if, if I wanted them to vacuum, like it's just not going to miraculously happen. Like I just say, like, right. go to the closet in the laundry room, get out the mm -hmm. vacuum, plug it in, vacuum, unplug, put it back, right? You right. want to make it very like direct, concise to the point. And that's unfortunately, right? How you almost have to treat your audience. You have to tell them exactly what you want them to do. Sometimes people need permission, right? Mm -hmm. Like I always say, make sure you're asking a question in your emails and invite people to reply back. In fact, write, type out these words, reply back to my email with, because some people are like, oh gosh, like I don't want to, like, am I supposed to hit reply? Like, I, mm -hmm. I know they probably didn't send it just to me. And, you know, but you have to tell people exactly what you want them to do. And again, like, because people feel like they need permission to take action. And so in if you're going to have a link tree, like have very specific, like, go listen to episode 57 on my podcast, or, right. you know, sign up for this life-changing guide or course, you know, make sure that you're telling them exactly what to do and not relying on them to be like, oh, that bu button says podcast. I should click it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. You spoon feed them a little bit about like what you want them to do and why they should do it. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree with all of that. And there's been so much information in this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that you came on and everything that we shared. I think that we what people can really take away from this is is there's a clear strategy and just putting it in place, just bite off what you can chew, do do little by little and build it up over time. Don't feel like you have to take it all on in, in one fell swoop. You don't have to have your social media and everything all aligned perfectly, but get your lead magnet up, figure out what the value it is for that entry level person coming into your world and start to nurture them. Just start taking that in.
Yeah, definitely. And and I always tell people like no one started out as an email marketing expert, right? This mm. is a skill that you're going to learn and you're going to improve and iterate. And your first email is going to look drastically different than the last one that you've just sent. And, you know, just give yourself grace. You don't have to master it all. You know, there's a lot of cool things you can do with email marketing, but that first step is really just capturing emails, making sure you're welcoming them to your list, make sure everything's connected, right? You have a sign up form on your Facebook page. You have your link in bio and Instagram. You're taking people from social media into that next level, uh, you know, relationship with them to turn them into a customer. Totally. No. And, and, and I agree. And I take a lot of my social media content. If I write for social media and, or if I write email first, I don't have a hard and fast rule with that. And I adapt it for the other. And a lot of times, you know, there's, there's great ways to repurpose if you're giving yourself the time to do it. And if you are not like overthinking it, it can be pretty easy, but thank you so much for being on. Please tell yes. everybody where they can stay in touch with you, how they can. I know you mentioned you're on Clubhouse. Tell them tell them where they can stay in touch with you. And I think you guys have a, a guide or something that's available now. Yes, yes, definitely. So I, as I mentioned, I love social media. I love email. They both work together. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Clubhouse. And you can find me under Jenna Bagley on all of those platforms. Please feel free to connect with me. You can also send me an email at Jenna B at aweber.com. And yes, we have an amazing free guide. Uh, you know, since we're talking a lot about social media, it's um, how to turn social media followers into email subscribers. And I'll make sure that I get the link to you so they can, uh, so you can put it in the show notes so everyone can get that free guide. And it's been so much fun. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being on. This was a lot of fun and, and and we will absolutely link all of that up in the show notes. So if you weren't able to write any of that down or if you just want to come back to it later, we've got you. Just hop on over to the show notes and we will link all that up so you can just click and be magically produced and tele- teleported over there. But we'll make it easy. You. We'll make it super easy for you. Um, if there's anything that we, we got out of this episode, it's make it easy for your people to take action and we will do just that. So thank you so much, Jenna, for being on. Thank you if you are still listening right now and you're hearing my voice. And I'm very grateful for you listening to the whole episode here. Thank you. Thank you. And I will close this out by saying what I always say, that you are limited by the only, you are only limited by the limitations that you accept. And when you stop accepting those limitations, you become limitless. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. I will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more of this type of content and conversation in your life, please come check out our free Facebook community, Unlock Your Inner CEO, where you'll find next level entrepreneurs just like you. Go to innerceogroup.com to join. I'll see you there.